This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on January 14, 2024. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. read responsibly. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. For you created my inmost being. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Your eyes saw my unformed body. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I don't know about you, but knowing that God sees all things, knows all things, is all powerful, is holy can be quite a frightening thing to think about him and the things that we've done that displease him. Psalm 39 has no feeling about that fear. It's full of wonder. It's quite a long psalm, and we're only looking at a number of verses from verse 1 to 6 and then 13 to 18. But elsewhere in this, um, this psalm, which has often been used as a form of meditation, daily meditation, has helped people during times of grief or despair, of fear about tomorrow, or about having great guilt in their lives for what they've done. It's been a great comfort to them. And I hope that um, as we explore it today, that great comfort is, um, you can use it in your meditations and find great comfort and inspiration in it. Let's pray. Lord, help us to again affirm and celebrate the special relationship and access that we have to you and your throne of grace that has come to us through Jesus Christ our Lord and the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out upon the church and personally to each of us that you, would, you know us so well and you love us and serve us and think of us even at times we have hardly a thought for you. So open our hearts and minds to your teaching this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, even as a young boy, the author of this, uh, this psalm, King David, when he was a shepherd boy tending his father's sheep, David was mindful that even then of the creator of the heavens shining overhead at night and of God's great care for him, not only for him, but also God's chosen people, Israel. 
And we would say that David was a spiritual person with sensitivity and insight by God's leading to his special relationship with Yahweh, who created all things. And as he looked up the skies and wondered at the hugeness of God's creation and the beauty of it, it caused David to sing and make music in grateful praise. Later, having been appointed king and shepherd of God's people, Israel, David continued to grow in wonder of God and God's intimate knowledge and constant care of him. So let's look at some of the verses that that, uh, David was inspired to write from Psalm 139. First, first, uh, one of the themes that we find is that God has complete knowledge of us. We might generally acknowledge that God is all-knowing, but God explores the wonder of God's complete knowledge of him. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. God not only knows David's physical whereabouts and his pattern of daily living, his going in and out, but also, well beyond this, the simple things that other humans might be able to observe, God knows David's very thoughts, even from afar. And God even knows that David, what David will say before a word is even on his tongue. See that in verse 4. So David was convinced that God saw and knew him completely, but there's no sign of fear or shame expressed in this knowledge. In this psalm, he doesn't view God as some kind of intruder or scorekeeping policeman or puller of strings as a puppeteer. Some people have pictured God. No. He knows God as a loving God who cares for him knows him completely, and yet loves him. And I pray that each of you, knowing God's love and care for you in Jesus Christ, are at peace in his knowing you in the same way. This beautiful psalm is a gift that we should be like David, who, fully aware of his faults and shortcomings, finds both comfort and wonder in God's knowing him so completely, so fully. For the Lord... For the Lord, whom God, David refers to as his wonderful shepherd in Psalm 23, knows his wrongs, but does not reject him, but instead loves, forgives, bless, blesses, and protects him. So, we move on to this idea of God knowing me completely, that God also protects me. In verse 5, he has hemmed in, he has me hemmed in, us. That means God has totally surrounded, surrounded us by his protecting care. Now some people who are a bit suspicious about authority might say, well, God is taking away my rights to be free. He's, he's keeping me hemmed in. But that's not the thought here. We are not confined. But God protects and directs us by his hand. Just as when he led the people of Israel out of the land of bondage, with a cloud before them and a fire and a fire on the, in the rear, protecting them from any 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 um, attack from the from the Egyptians, God also constantly surrounds His people today with power. This is the idea that David is describing in verse five: a God who shelters His people from danger. And the third thought we see in this 
the psalm is blessing. Verse 5, you lay your hand upon me. Now, many of us might find, well, again, the image of a policeman arresting us, laying their hand upon them, or an overzealous uh, authoritarian, perhaps father, who who, um, physically imposes punishment on his children, maybe with good intent, but this is not the image here. You lay your hand upon me also tells that God has laid his hand upon his people. The laying of hands in the Bible is, a, is very significant. In the Old Testament, leaders of Israel would lay their hands on one another as they transferred authority and blessing to their successors. And in the New Testament, the apostles shared the power of the Holy Spirit in them with new, tra- new believers by laying hands on them. You see that in Acts 8, verse 17. So when David describes how God lays his hands on us, he's implying something much weightier than a protective hand. He's describing a sign of blessing. God anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows, and surely God will pursue me with goodness all the days of my life. From the other psalm, Psalm 23, a sign of blessing or bestowing power, of strengthening and of sanctification, making us holy. It's a very personal gesture. God laying his hand specifically on each one of us and having a direct involvement in our lives, not just for people in high authority like the king of Israel, but each one of his children. He appoints us to be his children with his hand of blessing in the baptismal font, does he not? His hand specifically lays on us and, and we have direct, he has direct involvement in our lives by his Holy Spirit, by his giving his name to us. God has laid his hand upon you too in the sacrament of holy baptism, bestowing upon you his name, a promise of salvation and eternal life and the gift of righteousness and the indwelling Holy Spirit. Remember that touch, that touch that was not just back in the day of your baptism, but every day since. God lays his hand upon you, protecting and blessing and guiding. And that's the appointment that he's called you to be, his children, the children of God. You're calling to be his witnesses, his lights shining in the darkness of this world. David himself was appointed to shepherd the people of Israel as an earthly king with responsibility of overseeing right worship and observation of God's law. And he was appointed by the kingmaker, Samuel. We've heard a little bit about him today. Even when he was a small shepherd boy, uh, when the prophet came to his uh, household to the farm, there were many other better-looking candidates in, in David's family. And the, uh, the prophet kept on asking, are there any more? This is, there none, none of them are here. And, uh, oh, we've just got this little fellow, the little runt, he's looking after the, sh- the lambs at the moment. And uh, that day, David was blessed with the pouring out of oil. And it was only much later that he became the second king of Israel. Of course, the people chose Saul before uh, 
before David was appointed king. Here again, the wonder at God's blessing that David reflects on, perhaps reflects on as he lies in his bed, about the blessing and appointment of a simple shepherd boy to be king of Israel. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. We can't possibly conceive how wonderful and how great our God is. What we know of him, he reveals to us in, in bits that we can grasp. Perhaps the greatest revelation of himself is in his appearing in the flesh. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. But even then, there's mystery. How can a man be God? You know, the, the incarnation, the, the wonder of our God has becomes even harder and harder to grasp at times. But yet we see him and we know him and he, we know his love and his service of us. If God were something I could fully understand and, and uh, be able to describe in every detail... He would be a God far too small to save us or to have created this universe. As I speak, some of you are falling asleep. Maybe some of you are being lifted up by the Spirit to think of things. And that's the way of God's work. When we hear his word, often the Spirit raises us up to think about the wonders of God's care for us. So I'm asking you to wake up right now because I'm going to address each one of you with a question you Christians who live this side of God's great expression of love and rescue from eternal punishment through, from death into the resurrection of the one and only Son, someone that was promised to David but that David never knew, he just held on to the promise, you who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in a way that was not even given to David, do you not wonder how great wonder of God's sacrifice made out of love for the world, his love for you. Do you not, like King David, celebrate God's knowledge and care of you? Or do you fail to think of him? The wonder and the great comfort of the psalm is that even when we forget to think of God and to praise him, he's thinking of us. But when we do think of God, look up to the heavens, isn't such knowledge also too wonderful for us, too lofty for us to attain, and yet you know it by God's gracious revelation and gift of faith to you. God has freely appointed each one of you to be citizens of his eternal kingdom to rule with Christ forever. Doesn't that blow your mind? This great God who knows me so fully and sees me in all my failings. Yet he appoints me to the highest places to reign with his son. Our minds surely soar to the wonders of that appointment in the coming kingdom. But Psalm 139 doesn't only look forward, it also looks back to before we ever, ever existed. It reminds us of God's care and intimate knowledge of us as we were formed in our mother's womb. God knows us in every season, our faults and failings. Yet he continues to love us to bless us despite our unworthiness. And so David also leads us to express gratitude and wonder in knowing God who saw my unformed body and that all the days ordained for me were written in his book 
before even one of them came to be. Now, you might be in the midst of grief or fear, uncertainty about your future. This psalm must speak to you. God knows the days he's appointed for you. You have no need to fear. He has much more better things planned for you. King David knew God as a loving, mighty shepherd who cared personally for him. How precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. It's not just a short love note that God has written about you, but more than the grains of sand. And then the strange ending. When I awake, I I am still with you, or you are still with me. When we awake, I am still with you. It's not me holding on to you, God, but you are still with me. And maybe David is not only referring to the fact that he's no longer dreaming and being lifted up by the Spirit and the wonders of God and God's relationship with his people, but he's also talking that when this realm ends, we will be raised from dead. We will awake, and God's faithfulness will have remained even though we've been in the grave. He will be still with us. He will open our eyes to the reality of his forever kingdom. God's thoughts are wonderful. We know them through the scriptures and the treasure, and we treasure them like David. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. It's wonderful that we dwell on the word, and there's a Facebook page encouraging people to share their thoughts. For they are indeed God's thoughts and his love and his word is totally vast and amazing without number. But even more amazing and personal, as one translation offers, how, are, um, your, how amazing are your thoughts concerning me? Not just that God's thoughts are wonderful, but the most amazing thing is that many of God's thoughts concern me. Doesn't your heart just want to soar hearing this? Have you experienced the Holy Spirit carrying into that wonderful knowledge of the unfathomable love and joy of God for you and all people? For his complete knowledge and acceptance of you? For his amazing promises and blessings undeserved and yet poured out so generously on sinners, on you and me? Whether you enjoy studying the word on your own or in a group, God teaches your heart and opens you to his wonder, the wonder of his love, that the creator of the universe would do this for us. It's too wonderful for David to understand. He does not seem to doubt that reality anywhere in this psalm. He simply accepts that this, he accepts this kind of knowledge is too high. He doesn't try to explain God or creation just accepts God's love and the wonder of God's care for him. There are many aspects of God and to wonder and to ponder, but often diffi- they're often difficult, even impossible to understand, and certainly impossible to try and explain to an unbeliever without the Holy Spirit convicting their hearts. Things such as this, his omnipresence, his, his uh, complete power, 
the incarnation, the Trinity. Despite the difficulty of trying to explain these things, does not make them untrue. Rather, it means we can take shelter in God's higher and completely amazing uh, care for us, an amazing God much greater than we can even imagine. There's been various times in my personal study of the word and meditation and hearing the word read and preached and the shared dwelling of the word in Bible study groups that the Holy Spirit has taken me from the conversation into a daydream perhaps, as many of you might be daydreaming right now and hope it's not all about Mogg's Creek. God God calls us into his presence Each one of you is a spiritual being that God enjoys interacting with and caring for. Imagine what he's got planned for us in eternity, the wonders of that great temple, when we see him face to face in the heavenly temple. But for now, those moments of being caught up in the spirit and having dreams and visions are only temporary bliss. I awaken, perhaps to face a day of mundane or difficult tasks, like having to shift my office to Station Street. The reality of a loss or discomfort, but by grace, I, am, I know I am still with God. God remains present with me by his revelation, by his unseen mystery, by the care of his people. He comforts, protects strengthens me for days ahead. So I encourage you to use Psalm 130. No, use scripture. God's provided it for us for that reason. Read the psalm often. Written in the first person, it's already personalized for each one of us to read. David's words can be yours and help you to connect on a more intimate level with the psalm's message. Use Psalm 139 as a basis for prayer and meditation Read and reflect on the wonder of God's thoughts for you, on you, of you. And remember that even in the midst of loss and pain, God is thinking of you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's surrounding you with care. He's got you. And when you awake on your bed or from meditation on the word to the day's reality, even a day you may may have been dreading or fearing, know that you are still with him. And he, by grace, is with you always, as Jesus has promised. And may the peace of God, who is with you always, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, now and always. Amen. Amen.